Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Happy Easter, everybody. Thanks so much for worshiping with us today. I love singing that last song that our worship team learned in the middle of a global pandemic. And really, that's our prayer for you. We pray that in the middle of this time that the favor of God would be on you and your family. And on this Easter Sunday, we're celebrating the risen Savior. We're celebrating Jesus. And so we all love pastels and eggs. We all love great food and each other. But right now in the midst of this challenging season, this is a moment to look to Jesus. And even though you may not feel anything, you believe and you know that he has risen and he's worth celebrating. And so no matter what your circumstances are, let's celebrate Jesus today with our words, but with our lives. Uh, On Monday, my son Justice turned 10 years old. And so we had a great party and and enjoy all the things that go with celebrating, birthday cake, family, let's sing. But it's not about the cake and the celebration, it's about this boy that entered into our lives and we love him and it's about the kid, it's about the boy that we love. Or or all of us celebrate in January, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And it's not so much that you get the day off, although that's great, It's, it's really that we're celebrating a real person that made an impact in the world. There is no person in human history that has impacted the world like Jesus Christ. And so this is not just a day for for food and, and hanging out. This is a day to actually remember and focus in and celebrate who he is and what he's done. And think about the magnitude of this day. Like if you could think of a day that you could celebrate a day that, you experience a celebration. Maybe it was a wedding day. Maybe it was a graduation day. Maybe it was acceptance to a college day. I mean, your personal celebration day. Those are great days. Even better, maybe a day that causes a whole city to celebrate. Like maybe a day where the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and everybody's honking and there's parades and a whole city celebrates the football team has won. That's a fun day for a whole city. Or you could imagine a day where a nation would celebrate. This is a day where we celebrate what Jesus did to impact not just a person, not just a city, not just a nation, but the entire globe, and not just the people that are alive today, but global human history. So as we talk about Easter, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the person that's transformed our lives, that Jesus has risen from the dead. And when you think about Jesus and the way that his resurrection impacted believers, it was really, it's really true that you can look and you can find his disciples that the night that he was arrested, they scattered, but it was actually his resurrection where they transitioned from afraid and isolated to courageous, to I will not back down, to honestly, we read about in church history, Christians being willing to be fed to lions. And imagine you, what would it take 
for you to get to a place where you have that kind of brave Christianity in your life? Like, what would it look like? How could we get there? I want us to go on a journey today by looking at the life of Peter. And when we read about Peter in Acts 4, he's courageous. I mean, Peter looks like this dynamic, strong follower of Jesus. But Peter didn't start there. And I don't know where you're at today, but Peter started in a mess. Peter Peter had a lot of failure. Maybe today you hear me saying some of these things and you're like, I'm not there. I want to encourage you today that we're going to go on a journey. And I want to invite you to go on the journey of looking at the life of Peter so that you can see what Jesus did for him because what Jesus did for Peter, he'll do for you. The same way that Jesus transformed Peter's life, he'll transform yours. The same way that that Jesus cares, loves, died for Peter, he cares, loves, died for you. And so let's look at Acts 4. We're going to start in Acts 4. We're going to go to John 21. If you want to open up your Bibles or turn on your iPhones (laughs) to those two texts, let's go there today. Acts chapter 4. Let's read this. It says this. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but here it is, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Verse 13, when they saw the courage, or another version, boldness, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized these were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So I love this vision of these two apostles, these Peter and John who are courageous right here. But we see Peter starting off and going through a journey where he's confident in himself and then not confident in himself because he fails. And when he fails, he has this tendency to draw back. And I think that there are many of you out there that there might have been a day where you said, I'll, I'll, I'll follow Jesus, I'll go after Jesus. And then when you face the own, your own disappointment and pain of falling short, it's easy to draw back. I was at a uh, pastor's conference a couple, weeks ago, or a couple months ago and, um, and it was all going really well. Like pastor's conference, I enjoy. I, I, I love hanging out with uh, other friends. I like learning. And so, so we had a morning session and in a typical conference, I'm like, let's go. What are we talking? We're going to talk prayer. I love it. We're going to talk doctrine. Come on, let's go. We're going to talk best church practices. I like it. Come on, whatever it is, it's great. But at lunchtime, they said, hey, we're going to go to Top Golf." And so I ended up at Top Golf, and the confident pastor was not so confident. And so as these guys got out, these guys were amazing. Like these, th- there were some pastors that could drive pretty strong. I mean, they were, they were great golfers. And so of course my response in that moment was I just tried to like pull back, start a conversation, eat some nachos, do anything other than have to, have to play golf in front of these guys. Why? Out of the, my own, like I just, I just don't think I can cut it. I just don't think I'm as good as these guys. I just don't think I can go there. So I'm gonna just take a few steps back We'll just hang out back here. I'll drink some club soda with lime and try to start a conversation. I'll answer 17 text messages, anything other than 
comparing myself to some of these guys that are so good. And some of you have been around church world a little bit and you've thought, I can't measure up. I can't pray like that person prays. I can't have a marriage like that person's marriage. I'm not a parent like that person. I, I don't read the Bible like that. And instead of having your eyes on Jesus, you've had your eyes on yourself. And you just kind of draw back a little bit. You just kind of go, I don't think I can do this. I don't think this is for me. And I want to show you, that's what Peter struggled with. And we're going to go on this journey with Peter. And so I'm going to, if you've got your Bibles, go John 21. And we're going to just read through this text. Because Peter ends up, the apostle with courage, but there's a long journey. So let me just kind of set this scene and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the life of Peter coming out of John 21 because there's just different windows into his life. It's like scenes. It's kind of like different scenes uh, in a play where we see different moments that Peter has. But here in John 21, as we get towards the end of the gospel of John, Jesus has called Peter and uh, Jesus has died on the cross Jesus has risen from the dead and Jesus comes and has a conversation with Peter in John 21. And I want you to see this conversation that he has because it's personal. And that's the point of today. I want you to see the personal conversation, the friendship that exists between Jesus and Peter. And I want you to be encouraged that your failure is not final, that Jesus will have a conversation with you just like he had a conversation with Peter. All right, let's look at it. John 21. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So we're gonna go through this whole thing here, but let's just stop here after three verses. And this is an intriguing moment because most commentators believe here that when Peter says, I'm going out fishing or I'm going fishing, he's going back to his former occupation. So we know that Peter experienced this moment where he denied Jesus. We read it in Matthew 26. And it's the moment where he disowns, he lies three times. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. And you can imagine the shame, the pain, the disappointment, and the tendency that all of us Peter was the one that said, even if I have to die with you, I'll never disown you. Peter was confident in his own ability to follow Jesus. And then he had to face his own disappointment within himself when he didn't live up to his own expectations. Ever been there? Have you ever been at that point where it's like, I decided to follow and then I fell short. And I decided to follow and I fell short. And then in my own disappointment with myself, I tend to just take a few steps back. So I guess I just don't have what it takes. I'm gonna go back to what I used to know. I'm gonna go back to fishing. I see so many followers of Jesus that experience this. And then just like Peter filled up his time with going back to his old, his old occupation, they just, instead of get going and fulfilling all that Jesus has for you, it's just like, I'm gonna go back to filling up my time with busyness and go back to filling up my time with some really good things, but it's not the center of following Jesus and doing what he's called you to do. And so here's Peter. He's just going, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go fishing. I think this is what happens with a lot of us. And I think that if you look at your own life, and you've got moments where you go, I feel like I can't cut it, guess what? Here's Peter, the apostle of Acts 4. The, uh, the, the great Peter who is lying, cussing, he's crying, 
I mean, I don't know him. It says, the scripture says that he said he began to call down curses on himself. I'm telling you, with that resume, boy, you couldn't be on staff at Radiant Church. I mean, I wouldn't let you in, right? You're too messed up, come on. And so if you're today looking and going, I'm too messed up, guess what? This is for you. And Jesus is for you. <laughs> you can hear this good news today and go, Jesus has something for me. Let's keep going in the text, verse four. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it's the Lord. This is kind of a fun scenario because Jesus recreates the moment where he first called Peter. In Luke chapter five, there's the moment where Jesus calls Peter, Peter the fisherman, and Jesus gets in Peter's boat. And then, and then Jesus says, you, you haven't caught anything all night? Go throw your net on the other side. And of course, this is, this is the epic moment where there's the great catch. There's the, the, the so many fish that can hardly bring it in. I want you to see the intentionality here with Jesus because he recreates the moment where he called Peter. I just think it's amazing because I think I could see Jesus so loving Peter. And even the way that John responds here, he looks at Peter and says, it's Lord. He looks at Peter. So it's personal. Like this is not recreating the moment of calling Matthew out of the tax booth or calling Nathaniel away from the fig tree, this is unique to Peter. This is, he looks at Peter, hey, Peter. I mean, John was there. So John knows this is it. This is, this is the moment. I just see such loving uh, tenderness in the heart of Jesus as he looks at Peter and he's, Peter's been discouraged. Peter's, he's gone out and wept bitterly. And th this is a moment where Jesus comes and he's looking right at him. He's having a conversation with him. He recreates the moment. Have you ever recreated a moment with someone you love? <laughs> like I was thinking about right now in the middle of this COVID-19. I'm recreating moments a lot. My son Dawson and I, we're going out and we're playing basketball each night. And, and so we kind of have this, it's kind of our thing right now. It's just kind of like, it's, 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 he, it's what he and I do. My daughter Olivia right now, she brings food up to me. Uh, literally every day other than our Sabbath and just just brings food and it's just kind of a connect moment and I always tell her how good it is and it's a great moment. She loves to bake and she loves to make food. My daughter Adeline, she's a worship leader and she plays piano and so right now she's writing songs and I'm just so proud of her and so one of the things that I like to do is go down into the basement when she's playing and I'll just ask her just to play. My son Justice, we have a little thing right now where he's coming and we're watching the Bible Project videos and we watch them on YouTube together. And it's kind of like it's our thing. This is Jesus' thing right here with Peter. I mean, this is a moment where he looks at him and I just think, I feel like I can see the, the kindness of Jesus where he recreates that moment and Peter's tempted to give up. Peter's tempted to draw back in shame just like we've been tempted to draw back in shame. He's saying, no, uh, Peter, come here. Peter, look at me. What do you see? It's this personal love that he has for him. Look at this. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was uh, stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. 
It's a great moment right there. As Peter doesn't run from Jesus, he runs to Jesus. That's what I wanna invite you to do. I wanna invite you to see that Jesus is loving you in this moment. He loved Peter, he loves you. We tend to think he's the, the mean coach that's screaming at us, you're pathetic, you failed, you messed up again. And in this moment, he's loving Peter. This one who denied him three times. This one who called down curses. Okay, verse eight. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went up aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? This is a great moment. Some commentators think that Jesus is saying to Peter, do you love me more than these? And he's looking at the other disciples because Peter had said, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And so there's some commentary that thinks maybe, maybe Jesus is saying, hey, do you really love me more than these other disciples, more than these other guys? But that's not, that's not, the, that's not what I see here. And actually the Greek here allows for him to actually, what many commentators think, say, he's looking at the fish on the fire and saying, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than going back to fishing? Do you remember that I told you that you would be a fisher of men? That's Peter's story. Hey, come, you're a fisherman? I'll make you a fisher of men. I've got a calling on your life. And I think Jesus is looking at Peter here saying, hey, do you love me more than going back to what's comfortable? Do you love me more than, than going and filling up your time with something that you know how to do, but it's not what I've called you to do? I think there's many of us that when we look at our own failure, we just fill up our time with things that are good things, but they're not God things. And maybe today you can hear the voice of the Savior inviting you to breakfast, saying, don't shrink back in shame. I've called you. I don't think that Jesus was coming to question Peter's sincerity. He was coming to establish it. He was coming to reinstate Peter. He was coming to override so he's, then he asked him this question. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And so here's Jesus recreating a moment again. So he recreated the moment where he called him and now he's recreating the moment where Peter failed. Ever been there? Ever said, yes, I'll follow. And then you have to face the misery of your own falling, failing. And who you are in that moment can dictate who you become. And Jesus looks right here and he says, Peter, let's recreate the moment. So there was a fire where Peter was warming himself. That's what the text says we read in the gospels where Peter got around and he said, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. And that was it around a fire. And Jesus looking at Peter saying, now 
It's, it's, a, it's a new day. It's a bright morning. And in fact, some commentators think that when Peter heard the cock crow, right? He heard the rooster crow. That it was early in the morning here, just like it was early in the morning there. And that Jesus in his love for Peter was not just recreating the moment where Peter originally left everything to follow and not just recreating the moment where Peter denied him, but putting a new memory in his mind. Jesus' grace in the morning, early in the morning, Jesus came to him. Early in the morning, Peter was, had, had denied him. I just want you to see this love that Jesus has. He's having a moment with Peter and he's saying, I'm not done with you yet. I've got more for you. Don't give up. Three times you said, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. But now three times you said, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, I love Jesus. Each one of us are tempted to draw away, to go our own way in shame. Ah, kind of like me with the golfing pastors. I'm not good enough. I'll just kind of draw back. We're tempted to do that when it comes to following Jesus. I've messed up. I don't have what it takes. I've been around some church people that did better than me. I'm just gonna go back to what I used to know. But Jesus would come to the shore and reinstate you like he reinstated Peter. And I just want you to have a moment with him, like even if you could imagine. Like what does it look like for you to have a personal moment with Jesus, just like Peter had a personal moment with Jesus? For me, when I was a teenager, like I got saved when I was five, but I needed Jesus when I was 12. When I was 12, I, I can tell you story after story of, of finding my identity in Christ in a fresh way. And, and so much of it was around just the father heart of God and Luke 15 and the prodigal son. So I have found for me in my own journey, there's, there's these moments where I'll sense the Lord speaking to me through Luke 15, the prodigal son, just like Jesus. Just coming back, recreating the moment where he's transformed my life. I just want you to just go back. And just How is he speaking to you today? Like he's calling you. He hasn't given up on you. He didn't give up on Peter and he won't give up on you. Your failure is not final. Jesus shows up on the shore. He's not done with Peter. At Radiant, our favorite verse is Psalm 34 5. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Shame means at the core of my being, I believe I'm of no value. I don't have what it takes. Those who look to him don't find their identity in, in their own ability to produce, their own ability to do good. No, it's Christ has saved me. It's Jesus has changed me. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And it's not my life, it's his life. And so because of him, Jesus looks at Peter and he looks at him and he gives him the mission. Go, feed my lambs, feed my lambs. He keeps him on mission. You can still follow me. I haven't given up on even your calling, Peter. Why? Jesus has gone to the cross. 
Jesus has already paid the penalty for Peter's sin and he can have grace for Peter and look at him and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Now let's keep going. I, I, Acts 2, I need you to preach real well. Acts 3, <laughs> you're gonna pray for a lame man. Come on, Acts 4, I need you to walk in some courage and some boldness. Come on, Acts 5, I need you to stand there and say, hey, I'm ready to suffer for the gospel. I got a plan for your life. And he's got a plan for yours, just like he did Peter. Peter was definitely the guy that was weak and messed up and failed. Jesus didn't give up on him. He hasn't given up on you. I just want you today to take a moment and come before Jesus and go, I'll follow. Look at this, let's, let's finish this out. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Verse 19, this he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying that, verse 19, he said, after, and after saying this, he said to him, follow me. This was the original call. It's been a lot of water under the bridge. It's been quite the journey. Peter's saying, mm, even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And then he denied him three times. And he wept and he went fishing. Now, Jesus, let's talk. Jesus wants to have a conversation with you. The resurrected savior, the resurrected king wants relationship with you. And it's, it's not just kind of this macro, yeah, he kind of wants relationship with everybody. And so I'll just kind of figure out if I have the strength to do my thing. Don't think that way. He has a real personal relationship with you. It's unique. And in this text, we see the uniqueness of his relationship with Peter. The journey, and even in this moment, talking to him. today, come before Jesus and go, if, if, if you love him like that, you've called him like that, I'll, I'll follow. I, I, if Jesus can love Peter, Peter can be messed up. Peter can be a failure. But Jesus says, I love you in your mess. I'll bring you out. I still love you. I'm not done with you. If he can do it for Peter, he'll do it for you. Today, I want to invite you to make a decision to be a follower of Jesus. It's not based on your own merit. It's not your own righteousness. It's not how good you are. There's good news today. Jesus has gone to the cross. He's paid for your sin, and he gives you the invitation, just like he gave to Peter, to follow me. Today, if you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I just want to invite you, just wherever you're at, sitting there staring at your phone, Maybe you're sitting in a recliner watching this on television. I want to invite you right now. This is the best decision that you could ever make. And just right there, maybe even audibly out loud, would you just take a moment, if you want to follow Jesus, would you just repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, you're the only one who can save me. I'm a sinner and I can't fix myself, so I'm trusting you with my life. I believe you died on the cross and rose on the third day so that I have hope. 
forgiving you my pain, my past, and my mistakes. And I'm asking you to be the Lord of my life. And I choose to follow you today. I give you my life. In Jesus' name.